Welcome back to the history of the Navy in 100 objects for object number 57, the Mexican War Monument. Prominently positioned at the center of Stribling Walk and the path to the chapel, the Mexican War Monument is the longest standing monument on Naval Academy grounds. It is dedicated in memory of the sacrifice of four midshipmen in the Mexican-American War. None of these midshipmen ever actually set foot on the Naval Academy Annapolis location, yet their bravery and sacrifice was integral to saving the fledgling Naval Academy. The Mexican-American War broke out in 1846 following the annexation of Texas by the United States. Mexico promptly broke off diplomatic relations and President James Polk used this opportunity for the expansion of American territory in line with the manifest destiny ideals of the day. Congress approved Polk's request for war on May 13, 1846. Following the proclamation of war, President Polk ordered U.S. forces into Texas and to the Rio Grande River, where the U.S. claimed the southern border to be. They were attacked by Mexican forces. The war turned into a stalemate in the north after the U.S. capture of California and New Mexico. It's here that the U.S. changed their strategy and chose close cooperation between land and naval forces, advocated by General Winfield Scott. In March of 1847, Army General Scott and Navy Commodore Matthew Perry coordinated to land 2,000 troops in 141 specially designed flat-bottom stackable boats. 10,000 U.S. forces landed in two hours and 12,000 more in two days, making this the first and largest amphibious operation until Gallipoli in World War I. Within the next few months, the U.S. had taken Mexico City and the war was over, but four midshipmen had lost their lives in the battles. We are joined by the U.S. Naval Academy Museum Curator, Mr. Jim Cheevers, for an explanation on how these midshipmen, who never came to Annapolis, could be so influential to our history. Today we're here at the Mexican War Monument, which is the oldest monument actually in the yard as far as being here the longest. There is an earlier monument uh, that was made earlier but came later. Uh, but the Mexican War was the first major war to come after the opening of the school in October of 1845. And <clears throat> there were four midshipmen who were killed in that war. I think the fascinating thing about the monument is that the four midshipmen whose names appear on it never set foot in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, two of them were already past midshipmen, so they wouldn't need to come to the Naval Academy. Uh, they have already been educated and, and advanced in, in rank. One of them was on orders to come here, but his orders were changed to go fight the war. And the third, or the fourth one uh, would have probably been ordered here later, but unfortunately died in the war. Um, the midshipmen themselves commissioned this monument we know who did it. A man named Stevenson from Philadelphia uh, actually constructed it. Uh, it has the obelisk on it, which is an interesting form that goes back to Egyptian times. Uh, the Egyptians built monuments of obelisks, and fascinating thing about them when they were uh, taken out of Egypt and brought back to decorate squares in Rome and Paris, for example, they always put a cross or a statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary on top to show that Christianity had conquered paganism. Uh, but here we're using just the obelisk as the uh, symbol of, of victory or, or memorial. Uh, and um, then we have uh, four cannons around the monument that come from the Mexican War campaign in, in uh, uh, California. Uh, Mexican War is an interesting period in our history. 
uh, in that it was one of the most unpopular wars in our history, uh, probably even more unpopular than our Vietnam War in, in more recent memory, uh, um, uh, particularly the intellectuals of the period. But it's also the outcome of that war. The United States gains the largest tract of property uh, ever added to the United States. We actually, they called it manifest destiny. We made our way to, all the way to the uh, Pacific coast. So the country after the Mexican War stretched from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Uh, president James K. Polk was president at the time. Um, it's amazing that a lot of people think the Louisiana Purchase is the largest uh, addition to America in 1803, but no, it was the Mexican War and the acquisition of Texas uh, just before that war started. Uh, under President Polk, he added the most territory to the United States. The Mexican War Monument is still a dynamic part of our campus today. Midshipman Third Class Andrew Obst joins us to tell his story of the monument. If you're walking by the Mexican War Monument on a Monday following the weekend of a home football game, you'll most likely see a fourth class midshipman standing guard with a broomstick in his left hand as if he was a cannoneer in early 1847. Last year, that fourth class standing guard was myself. I had made a bet with my upperclassman, first class McCaffrey, on the Navy football game and lost. My punishment was to stand in front of the monument, quiet and still, with the broomstick grasped in my left hand. Many of the upperclassmen on campus would walk by with a smirk or a laugh hidden by the dark of morning. They knew this was all part of a plebe's rite of passage. From 1847 to 1848, the midshipmen arriving in Annapolis raised over $1,000 among themselves to pay for this monument. To these midshipmen, the monument stood for something very special. 30% of the midshipmen who came to the new naval school in Annapolis between 1845 and 1848 had served aboard ships which saw duty on the blockades or in the landings of Veracruz. Some of these midshipmen would have personally known Clemson, Heinzen, Pillsbury, and Sherbrooke, having served alongside them on the very same ships. Of the known midshipmen on duty in the naval battery at Veracruz on 1847, when Sherbrooke was killed, war midshipmen John Jones, Alan McLean, William Mayo, William Parker, and John Upshur. These men all became Naval Academy alumni. Though commemorated on Academy grounds, Clemson, Heinzen, Pillsbury, and Sherbrooke were among the few who never came to Annapolis themselves. Clemson and Heinzen has already ranked above midshipmen, having attended the school for midshipmen at the Naval Asylum in Philadelphia, which was a precursor to our Naval Academy, passing their examinations in 1842 and 1845 respectively. This war monument was commissioned by the students with the intention to commemorate their fellow midshipmen who served the seas at the cost of their own life. The Mexican War Monument was erected in 1848 and promptly placed on the northeast bank of the old Academy grounds. Overlooking the Severn River, this property had been acquired the previous year from the Nicholson family. Some of their distinct descendants ended up walking those very same grounds. The land parcel was adjacent to the grounds of Fort Severn. Eight years later, later a chapel and observatory were completed, on either side of which was then known as a Midshipman's Monument. Later in the monument's history, it was called the Clemson Monument because this was the name which faced towards the yard and the first name the Midshipman would see while walking to class. Over the years, it has been known to all as a Mexican War Monument. The design elements of the monument have their roots in both ancient history and 19th century America. The obelisk design came from ancient Egypt. Of the obelisk still standing today, the oldest date back to the 12th dynasty, 1950 BCE. There are at least three additional obelisks on our Naval Academy grounds. The Herndon Monument, the Mayo Gravestone, and atop the Chapel, chapel Dome. The erected obelisk before us is set such that it is surrounded, as if guarded, on its four corners are Spanish 12-pounder bronze cannons 
captured by the Navy in California during the Mexican War. The names and dates of the manufacturer for these pieces are El Neptuno, 1781, Alfasinate, 1781, St. Domain, 1686, and St. Joseph, 1687. These cannons are secured by ornamental bronze mounts sitting on the cement platforms. Just behind and to the right, each cannon stand laurel wreaths placed above each of the memorialized midshipmen. To commemorate their heroic sacrifice, just as laurel wreaths were used to show heroic action in accordance with the ancient customs passed down from the Roman Empire. The two fouled anchors on the adjacent sides of the dado behind me was a device selected by the U.S. Navy to designate a midshipman. This same anchor is worn on the cover and shoulder board I wear today. Almost a year ago today, I stood in the same humid morning air with my issued broomstick. All I could think about was what my classmates would think when they saw me, or even worse, what if an upperclassman asked me for the menu for evening meal. However, after that morning, upon passing the monument on the way to Preble or Sampson Hall for history class, I could not help but think of midshipman T.B. Sherbrooke holding a powder rod in his left hand during the landings of Veracruz on March 24, 1847, or the midshipman in 1848 who pulled hard-earned money out of their own pockets for this monument before us. Not because it was a nice-looking yard ornament, but because they believed in this monument's power to remind us all who wear today or have worn the fouled anchors of the high standards for honor, courage, and commitment set by those midshipmen forever written into the marble before us. These four midshipmen demonstrated the high-quality leadership that was to be instilled in them during training from the new Naval Training School. There was still a contingent in Congress at the time that was strongly opposed to the founding of the Naval School and continued their resistance throughout the beginning of the Mexican-American War. However, the war and the midshipmen's sacrifice for their men saved the academy from being snuffed out in its early existence as they proved the value of training at a centralized naval school. The Naval Academy was turning out trained officers to meet the needs of the service. The Naval Academy continues today to develop high-caliber midshipmen even 171 years later. Thanks for tuning in and join us next week for the next segment of the History of the Navy in 100 Objects.